Hi there, Duncan Green here with the weekly roundup of posts on From Poverty to Power. Um, Monday we began with the usual links I liked, but the key one here for me is the job, that we're looking for a half-time person to come and help us change up From Poverty to Power, the blog. We want to source a pile of really great content, video, um, uh, podcast, written uh, material from the global south, from developing countries, decolonize the blog, I should write less, just change it up and we're looking for the right person. So if you think that's you, you've only got two days to apply, so get a move on. There was also a Christmas uh, list of books for campaigners. Um, Tom Baker uh, produced the list, which was a bit male, but then various people chipped in, some uh, women authors as well on similar topics. So if you're looking for the ideal gift for your campaigner friends, have a look at those books. On Tuesday, um, Max Lawson came in. So Max does this weekly um, missive on email, um, thoughts about inequality, and they're really good. And he's got quite a big mailing list now. And, uh, and I reposted the one he did this week, which was on meritocracy. And it's really interesting because meritocracy sounds like a good thing. But when you think about it, it's actually just another form of discrimination. Why should people do better just because they do better at school? What is, does that make them better people, more deserving of wealth and success? So there's a question here about whether meritocracy is the new aristocracy. Is it actually a source of inequality, which I thought was really interesting. He also highlighted some new research from our Latin America team, who've got a, a paper on the 11 tricks that elites use to capture politics, and they've cross-matched that with 13 case studies of uh, political capture to see what sort of tactics um, elites have used in the region to, to, uh, to capture politics and decision-making and resources. So nice piece there. On Wednesday, I wrote up a uh, big discussion I was in last week at uh, UNCTAD in Geneva on how does the UN become a thought leader, because it's been a bit overtaken by technology really, as well as politics and events. So, you know, 20 years ago when I sort of came into the development business, the big moments of the year were these big doorstop reports, the Human Development Report, the World Development Report, and the Trade and Development Report from UNCTAD. All three of those reports are still coming out, but they're not making nearly the impact they were. Um, and yeah, it's a shame because when you go back and you reread the latest trade and development report. It's beautifully written, it's well-crafted, it's, but it's like a sort of Victorian essay. Um, and, and people just aren't reading it. And the reason, I think, is because it's too long. Uh, so the, the overview is 27 pages. Um, and people's attention span has got shorter. And the UN is not very good at doing all the other stuff, the infographics, the blogs, the social media. Um, and it's getting very frustrated because it thinks, you know, this ought to be the moment. Globalization is clearly in trouble. It's been critiquing uh, what it calls hyperglobalization for 30 years. Um, but now the debate seems to be between the hyperglobalizers and the sort of chauvinist nationalists. And they can't, you know, they're getting very frustrated that no one's taking any notice of these great ideas and great analysis that the UN has been doing over the decades. So we had a big discussion on how it could try and change its approach so that its narrative actually cuts through. And that's on the Wednesday's post. On Thursday, Paul Polman, one of the really big name uh, corporate CEOs, he's the CEO of Unilever, um, is stepping down. 
And a couple of years ago, I went and interviewed him. Um, I attempted to have a conversation with him, but it really wasn't a conversation. He just talked at me for 70 minutes, and it was absolutely interesting, so I didn't mind. Uh, I went back to the transcript of that interview, uh, now that he's stepping down, and just pulled out some of his top ideas on capitalism, short-termism, the nature of leadership, the importance of sustainability and dealing with climate change. We will miss him. He was a really big thought leader amongst corporate uh, big cheeses. And uh, I think he's achieved a huge amount. I mean, the, the, the Financial Times called him the standout CEO of the last decade, and I wouldn't disagree with that. So if you're interested in um, what CEOs think, or at least some of them, have a look at that. And then on Friday, um, we had a big argument recently on the blog about dev speak, you know, the awful jargon that people use in aid and development, all the discussion about beneficiaries and uh, learnings and... Um, you know, I'm going to the field and all this stuff. Um, but Kate Murphy from Translators Without Borders got in touch with me and said, look, I want to write something about the importance of plain language. So, you know, in many cases, uh, stuff that's been written by English speakers in the aid uh, sector is being read by people who, for whom English is a second, third, fourth language. So shouldn't we try and pare it down and really make sure that what we write is communicable, is understandable to people who do not have English as a first language. So she sets out some very useful rules, which are both for good writing generally, like avoid the passive tense, avoid jargon, and good, plain language writing for people who do not have English as a first language. Now, I absolutely agree with the first, with yeah, avoiding bad writing. I'm really torn on the second. I can totally understand that it must be very frustrating for people to have to keep looking up weird language in the dictionary and, and all the rest of it. Um, on the other hand, I love writing and I love the language and I love playing around with words. So I'm really torn on, on her, the second part of her message because I don't write plain English. I use all sorts of weird cultural references and fairly obscure language and I find it very hard to give up. So I'm, I'm deeply conflicted about the last post this week. So I hope you enjoy those and have a good weekend. Christmas is coming if that's your thing. Okay, bye.